Good morning, it's Monday, March 5th, 2012, and Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here is some of what's making news on this morning's front page. Protest over shadow Putin's victory. Obama deplores loose war talk as boon to Iran. And deepwater drilling in Gulf resumes and spreads. In this morning's national headlines, wary Republicans are moving to embrace Romney. Indiana toddler is found in a field after a tornado dies down, and families oppose September 11th remains at Memorial Museum. In today's business headlines, Apple's job creation data spurs a debate. Limbaugh advertisers flee his show amid a storm, and a time shift in viewing produces a shift in the top-rated shows. There will be more business stories, along with more national and international news, a roundup from the sports page and New York Times columnist Bill Keller. Now, from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story is written from Moscow by David Herzenhorn and headlined, Protest Overshadow Putin's Victory. Russian voters overwhelmingly granted Vladimir Putin a six-year term as president on Sunday, a widely expected outcome that set the stage for a far more suspenseful post-election confrontation between the freshly emboldened leader and an opposition movement that has repeatedly rallied tens of thousands of protesters. With 80% of ballots counted, Putin had won 64.7% of the vote, the Central Election Commission said, comfortably above the 50% needed to avoid a runoff and extending his claim on power to 18 years, which will equal the rule of Leonid Brezhnev, the Soviet leader for much of the Cold War. Amid allegations of voting fraud, some opposition leaders called for demonstrations beyond those allowed by government permits, raising the prospect of a sharp response from the authorities and threatening to undercut Putin's promise of stability. Despite their strength in numbers, the protests have failed to yield clear leaders nor have they spread much beyond the capital, which raises questions about the opposition's viability. The popular anti-corruption blogger Alexei Navalny said he would lead an unsanctioned march to the Kremlin after Monday's rally, and he has called for an encampment of demonstrators like those created by the Occupy movements in the West. In an echo of the disputed parliamentary election in December that helped set off huge opposition protests, there were, by some tallies, more than 3,000 complaints of voting violations. They included carousel voting, in which the same people cast ballots at multiple locations, and centralized voting, in which managers of factories, schools, hospitals, and other large organizations pressure employees to vote for a specific candidate. In response to citizens' cell phone photos and video documentation of fraud in December, the chairman of the Central Election Commission, Vladimir Churov announced that 180,000 web cameras would be used to record activity inside polling stations in real time. But Gennady Zyoganov, the Communist Party presidential candidate who finished second, said the vote was tainted. However, there was no expectation that the complaints or the statistical anomalies would change the outcome. The opposition's ability to mount mass protest helped make the political playing field Russia's most unstable since 1996 when President Boris Yeltsin was forced into a runoff by Zyoganov. Even as the votes were still being counted, there were signs that Putin may have less tolerance for the opposition protest going forward. We have won an open and fair struggle, he said at his victory rally. He said the result showed Russian voters would not fall for political provocations.